Well, thank you. Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you, Dr. Getch. Thank you, Pastor Chapel, for the privilege for me to be here again. It's uh, always a joy for me. It's always an honor for me to be here, to be back here in college. Remember many years ago when I went to college, I was already married, and I have uh, already four kids, and uh, I was just sitting there and uh, watching all the preachers uh, come here and preach the Word of God, and I thought, man, probably a lot of students are praying, you know what, I, I pray that one day I'll be able to come and preach in that pulpit. But my prayer was different. Lord, when I graduate, I go to, I go to maybe start a church or something. Please, Lord, I don't want to receive a call from West Coast Baptist College for me to preach here, especially <laughs> preaching in front of my former professor, Dr. Getz, and some of our teachers here. But Dr. Getz, it's an honor for me. Thank you so much for <clears throat> the opportunity for me to be here today. I was walking around the campus, and I saw uh, some of our students. We have three students here from... Uh, our, our, our church and two others from our Christian school graduated. And I thought, what are you guys doing here? I didn't even know they're here because they are the worst, worst problematic kids in our church, in our school. In fact, we almost kicked them out. And I, sa I thought, we have a compromise. I'll send you to West Coast Baptist College to be rehabilitated. And boy, I was shocked. They are, they're dressed well and you know, I was looking for some of their tattoos, and it's gone. So I thought West Coast Baptist College is the church, is, is the college that needs to be, you know. Anyway, and uh, I want you to open your Bibles in the book of Exodus. Exodus. I'd like to ask you once again to stand in reverence to the Word of God. Just a couple of verses here. Chapter 8, the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, chapter 8. In verse 1, one verse, and then we'll jump to verse 23, all the way to 28. Bible says in Exodus chapter 8, beginning from verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto, unto Pharaoh, <clears throat> and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Drop down in verse 25. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron, and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not meet so to do, for we will sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and they will not, and will they not stone us? We'll go three day journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God, as she shall command us. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go, that ye may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness only. Ye shall not go far away. Entreat me. Christ, Heavenly Father, you know my heart, dear Lord, and I thank you for the privilege to be able to stand here in the sacred desk, preached by many, many great pastors. It's really an honor for me. It humbles me to stand here and preach the Word of God. Lord, I'm standing before a, a crowd that is the future of biblical Christianity not only in our country, but all over the world. I pray, God, that in these next few moments, that you'll use me to challenge them. Give me, Lord, wisdom. Give me the anointing of the Spirit of God. Thank you for all the teachers, professors, Lord, and uh, leaders uh, of this church and, and, and the college. Thank you, Pastor Chapel. And thank you, Lord, for all the goodness you've done to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Some people ask me, 
Pastor, how, how long have you been married? I said, we've been married for 38 years. We have uh, four kids and seven grandchildren. And uh, one person asked me, what is the secret of your marriage? I said, well, um, for 38 years, I made a, before we, you know, the first early, the, the, the early years of our marriage, I made a compromise deal with my wife. I told my wife, let's, let's come up with a compromise. I know there's a lot of marriages fall apart because arguments and discussions and whoever makes the decisions, this and that. And I said, let's, let's compromise, all right? Uh, from now on, all the major decision will be mine, and the minor decision will be yours. And we agreed to that compromise. For the past 38 years, there has never been any major decision. So it was just her. I told her, you know what? Let's apply the principle of workshop, compromise. And she said, what do you mean by that? I said, workshop. I work, you shop. That we will have a wonderful marriage. This pandemic would be a perfect time for many of us to enter into compromise with the devil. And even before we know it, we were already there. The devil is so subtle. The devil will try to pull you away from the ministry and from your calling. It's always the work of the devil. He knows that he can take away your salvation. Aren't you glad that when you're saved, you're always saved? Aren't you glad that uh, uh, God sealed us until the day of the redemption through the Holy Spirit of God? He knows that he can't pull you away from your salvation. He can't rob that salvation from you because that is definite. Uh, when we go to heaven, we'll stand before the holy presence of God. And the devil knows that. And the devil, especially you students here, have been trained and listening to the preaching almost every day of your life, surrounded with godly leaders and godly people and godly teachers and godly students, uh, some of them. Facade, no, I'm just kidding, but uh, godly students. And uh, sometimes we think that uh, we can't, you know, the devil can't pull us away. But the devil is so subtle. The devil is so wise. The devil will find a way. Even before you know it, you already entered into a compromise with the devil. The devil has been working time immemorial, even from the time uh, of the creation. We understand uh, that uh, the devil made a compromise with Eve when, he was, when she was reconnoitering in the Garden of Eden. We know the story about that. Made a compromise with Eve. And he said, you know, um, God said that if you eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, you will not die. Hey, listen. Made a compromise. He said, no, you will not die, but you will live. That was a compromise. Little did, Mar little did, uh, did Eve knew that she already entered into compromise and the fall of humanity in, into sin happened. Time in memorial, as you read the, the book of uh, the Bible, we find that there's been a lot of ways that the devil will find a way to compromise a deal with you, even before you know it. And we need to be careful. This pandemic will be a perfect time for the devil to penetrate upon each and every one of you. The devil will find a way to pull you out of the ministry. The devil will find a way to discourage you to go to the mission field. The devil will find a way to discourage you to go out soul winning. The devil will find a way to 
tell you that it's dangerous out there and it's, there's no money out there and there's nothing out there. There's no future. And think about your family and think about your kids and think about your spouse and all of these things. And, and uh, if he can't sway you, he'll find a way in the most subtle way. And this is exactly what happened to Moses. I thank God that Moses is a man so in tune to the things of God. And he knew that the devil is trying to make a deal and a compromise. And so we read the text in chapter 8. Uh, we are on the third, right after the third plague uh, of Israel, which are the lies. Uh, the Pharaoh called Moses and talked to Moses. Moses has been pressing on Pharaoh to let the people go, as God said. And... Uh, you know, they've been going back and forth. With, after all those ten plagues, he finally let him go. But the, but the devil will not stop. You see, Pharaoh is a picture of the devil. Egypt is a picture of the world. And what Pharaoh wants, that uh, I don't want you to go. You go, but there are certain things that you need to compromise with me. There are certain things that uh, I want you to do. I'll let you go, but here are the things that I want you to do before you go. It's a compromise. It is a very subtle compromise. Remember when I started to work 21 years ago in the city of Carson, um, we, the first three months of the ministry, a lot of disaster happened to me. I, the first month of the ministry, my mom passed away. I was still in college here, Dr. Getch. The second year... Uh, the second month of the ministry, we had a really bad accident. Uh, my son almost got killed in that accident. And I re I, I'll never forget, I was at the hospital, and I said to, to God, Lord, is this what the ministry is all about? I mean, I was a businessman for 16 years, and God had blessed me. I've been traveling uh, different parts of, of, of Asia uh, to do business. And then after that, I surrendered my life full-time in the ministry, started pastoring a church, and uh, the second month of the ministry, my son almost got killed in that accident. My other son was in the hospital, so two of them actually were involved in that really bad accident. That night in the hotel, I asked the Lord, Lord, I can't do this. Matter of fact, I could hear, you know, uh, I, I, could, I could feel that the devil is trying to tell me, hey, you just quit. You know, go back to business. Go back to business. I had a friend who actually, my business partner back in the Philippines, who owned a huge property here in Lancaster. It's about, I think, about 120 acres. He came to me. He contacted me. I was still in college. And he said, he said, Rudy, yeah, would you please accompany me? I'm going to pay off that property in Lancaster. I said, really? You have a property in Lancaster? He said, yeah, it's about 150 acres. I said, wow. He said, you know what? Uh, why don't you accompany me and uh, uh, help me out with a contract? Because I was doing a lot of real estate. I was a real estate consultant in, in the Philippines, in Hong Kong, in Japan. And he said, I know you're good at contracts and all of this stuff. And I said, all right, man, uh, I'll, I'll go. So he's a Chinese uh, big businessman. Uh, he has a contract with Tommy Hilfiger and many other you know, uh, big companies. Uh, and uh, right after we got to the office, he handed me the, the title and everything. He said, 
Rudy, why don't you go ahead and develop that? Let's be partners, and I'll be the one to finance it, and you'll be the one in charge of that. And that was back in, in 2001, I believe, 2001, when the real estate was in the height of going up, and real estate was my passion, Dr. Goetz. And I said, wow, this would have been a wonderful opportunity. I said, you know what, I'm already a pastor. I'm, I'm already, I, I think I just started pastoring a church. And, and he said, you know what, Rudy, come on, man. You can pastor at the same time, do business. You know, you can do this kind of business, make it big. And I said, no, I can't do that anymore. Well, you were a businessman. Yeah, I, I was a businessman, but now it's different. I am in the Lord's business, and I have to quit it. And that was such an opportunity for me. That was a very subtle compromise. The devil is trying to talk to me. I want to be honest with you. I was this close to. I said, I can pastor a church and at the same time do this. I can still do that. I can still all work on development and look at finances and all of this stuff. And, and that was, my, that was my, you know, my expertise. But I said, I'm sure this is going to pull me out of the ministry. I'm sure that uh, this, this, this finances and this money and this success will eventually end me up out of the ministry. I thank God I didn't take that. I thank God I did not enter into that compromise deal. You know why? Because look at some of our students here now at West Coast Baptist College. We planted churches already. We have a missionary in Hong Kong. We have a missionary in the Philippines. We're planting three churches this year. It's just an awesome thing. We have so many graduates from the college already. During the pandemic last year, uh, we sent out almost $100,000 to missionaries and pastors in different parts of the world in the middle of this pandemic. We had a building. We're on the process of expanding our building. And, and, and it's just overwhelming. And I thank God that that compromise, a very subtle compromise, I did not enter into that compromise. And by the way, once some of you probably right now are, 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 are kind of close to compromise on very subtle things, things that you may not even know that eventually you end up yourself, man, I'm out of the ministry. I'm no longer in the ministry. I don't do this anymore. So this morning, I'm just going to give you four principles, real simple principles. And we got to be cautious about this. Why? Because this might be the principle that you're engaging right now. And be careful about it. See, the devil, uh, fair is the picture of the devil, and he wanted to make a compromise with, uh, with uh, Moses. Notice what the Bible says. Here's the first compromise. What is verse 25? The Bible says, And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not me to do so, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord. You see, Moses wanted to bring his people to offer sacrifice and to worship God. And Pharaoh understands that. Their faith and their belief is that they have to make some sacrifice. And so Pharaoh said, all right, I'll make a compromise. He said, don't go out. Don't go to the wilderness. I'm, I'm going to let you do your sacrifice, but I want you to do your sacrifice in the land. And Moses knew exactly that this is a very subtle compromise. Notice what was his response. 
in verse 20, in, in, in verse 26. And Moses said, it is not meat so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians. He said, I don't think that's possible. We're going to sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians. He said, that's not possible. Notice what he said further. He said, um, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? He said, that's not going to happen. We sacrifice ram, sheep, and we're going to sacrifice in the land. There's an abomination. You see, the ram and the sheep is uh, one of the representation of the gods of the Egyptians. And he said, that's not going to work. So what, what Pharaoh was trying to do here is maybe you could sacrifice other things, not the sheep, not the, uh, the, 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 the ram. Uh, maybe you could sacrifice other things. But God, want them, God wants them to sacrifice the sheep and the ram, which God designed and instructed them in the law, ceremonial law. And, and, and Pharaoh said, hey, I'll let you do the sacrifice here, but when you do the sacrifice, you know, you just, I'll give you some sacrifice. I'll give you some sacrifice. I can give you something else other than that. What a subtle deal here. Notice what, what the principle here. The devil wants you to serve. Pharaoh said, yeah, you can serve. Go ahead. You can sacrifice. Go ahead. But I want you, I don't want you to be separated. You see, in today's Christianity, in today's biblical Christianity, there's been a lot of compromise when it comes to separation. Oh, I can serve, but I don't necessarily have to be separated. I don't necessarily have to be separated. You know, I can, I can make a little bit of compromise here when it comes to this music, when it comes to the appearance, when it comes to many, many things. And we've seen that in other churches, and they're doing well, and the church is, is, is thriving, and, and the, the pastor there uh, just, you know, does whatever he wants to do. And, boy, I, I can do that. I don't need to be really separated. I can be a little bit of separated and sanctified, but I can, I, can, I can still embrace some of the things that the world has to offer. You see, the Bible reminds us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know, one of the things that I really hate in our church, when some people will come and will, be, will, will come to me after the service and they'll say, I love, I love the service, Pastor, and uh, I want to be a member here, so forth and so on. And before you know it, they are there for some reason. They're there to sell something, you know, to do business, to engage the entire church and business and all these uh, uh, different kinds of multi-level marketing business. And I said, no, we don't do that here. You know, and they would even offer me, hey, pastor, you get a certain percentage of, uh, of this and, and of that. And, 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 and then they're trying to infiltrate the church. And, and if you're not careful, if you're not discerning, you'll wake up one day that you have already compromised yourself and stayed away from separation. 
And what's sad, I see all over uh, the country today that a lot of these pastors and a lot of these churches have already compromised their separation. Sad. But we should be careful with that. You know, sometimes we think, oh, it's okay to kind of drink a little bit here and I could still preach the Word of God. And sometimes we think that, well, I could... uh, You know, I've seen pastors preaching the Word of God with tattoos. Maybe I could add on to my tattoo. And by the way, if you have that tattoo before you got saved, that's fine. But don't add more, you know. Well, pastor, you know, some other pastors are this and that. Wow. I used to have a member. His name is June. He was a a rehabilitated drug addict. And uh, got saved. And, oh, he was excited and, and started dressing well and all of that. And, and uh, one day, he was so convicted, one day he brought in a bag of CD. That was just back in two, you know, we still don't have those music in our iPad or uh, iPhones. And he brought a bag of CDs. And, and he said, Pastor, I just got convicted. These are bad music, worldly music. Burn it. I said, I opened the, seed, I opened the bag and full of CDs. Wow, you, you're going to throw this? Yes, Pastor, burn it, burn it. All right, so we burn it. We're so happy. I think six months after, he came back again. He said, Pastor, I, I fell myself into music again, and here's another bag. He bought it again, <laughs> bought another bag of CDs. And, and I think he did it three times. Back, bring the CDs again, and before we know it, he's gone. Last time I heard, he was back in the rehab. And uh, be careful with that. It reminds me of uh, Jericho when, when God said, gave instruction to Joshua, uh, you know, I will conquer Jericho through my own uh, strategy. And they did really nothing but circle around Jericho uh, one day for six days. On the seventh day, they circled seven times and shouted. And, you know, you know the story. But there was one instruction that God gave to Joshua. He said, everything that you destroy there are cursed. Don't go back there. That's why he destroyed Jericho, because he doesn't, want to destroy, he doesn't want people to get back and get some of the stuff there. You know, I thought about that principle. I said, you know, anything that God already destroyed in your life, in your previous life, don't go back to it, because that's already a curse. Never go back. When you throw your music, when you give up that music, when you give up all those bad things you know that's not right before God, don't get back to it because that's already curse. And before you know it, you know, if you're not careful, you love the things that you used to do, and maybe some of your friends will call you from, from previous time when you were still unsaved. You hang out with them, and all of a sudden they'll call you out of nowhere. And, hey, come on, guys, let's go out and uh, do this. And Well, yeah, okay, maybe I could win him to the Lord or this and that. And by the time you get it, hey, man, come on, just, you know, remember the old days? Remember the old days? That was fun. And I said, oh, all right, maybe, maybe I could start with one, you know. It started out with a phone call. And you yielded, and before you know it, you've already compromised. That's how subtle the devil is. So number one compromise deal here is serve without separation. The number two, the number two principle here is, 
Notice in verse 28. Let's go back to our text in verse 28. In verse 28, the Bible says, And Pharaoh said, I will let you go, that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away. Entreat me. Come on. Yield to me, man. I'll let you go. But you know what? By the way, Entreat, there is begging. He said, come on, Moses, I will let you go. Please, let's come up with a deal. Let's come up with this compromise. But just don't go away. For 430 years, this 10, almost 11 generations, the Israelites have acclimated and assimilated with the culture, traditions, and the way of life of the Egyptians. And Pharaoh understands that these people eventually will miss that. These people will eventually come back. If they're not going to go far away, they'll probably miss the culture here. I mean, pretty much most of the culture that they've had coming out from, uh, from, uh, from uh, Canaan, they practi practically lost that. And not to mention they've been slaves and they were under the oppression of the Egyptians and they were forced to assimilate, they were forced to acclimate and to embrace the culture of the Egyptian. And so Pharaoh is so smart to the point that he was begging to Moses. He said, Moses, come on, man, please. I'll let you go, but don't go far away. Principle here is this. You know what? You can serve, but only for a season. Don't go far away. Don't go far away. Just for a season, man. I know you're going to come back. I hope many of you here, you're in Bible college. God has a special plan for you. And you will be amazed. You'll be shocked and amazed and awed. Remember when we built that building, Pastor? I mean, Dr. Getz, you've been to our place. It's a very, very expensive place. That's the main thoroughfare of the city of Carson. And uh, it was $600,000, $650,000 back in 2006 for less than half an acre of a property. I said, Lord, where are we going to get this? But God has been telling me and impressing upon my heart. So God provided for the work it out with the finances and everything. And then we were fairly new. I mean, the church has just been about five, six years old, and uh, we were able to get it, prayed about it, and then we need to start building the project, the building. In 2008, the worst economy. I mean, housing crunch. I've contacted some Christian banks, and they even discouraged me. They said, Pastor, this is not the right time to build. But God had been impressing upon my heart. We need $1.1 million dollars. Where are we going to get $1.1 million? I said, Lord, I know that this is a difficult time. Banks are closing. Washington Mutual just closed at that time. That was my bank. And many other banks were closing. There's a bad economy. And by the way, when worst situation happens in our country, even in this pandemic, that's a perfect time to show that God is in control. And so we prayed and we prayed and 
and uh, you know, I've heard preachers. I, I remember during chapel time, conferences that I, I, I sit down and listen to preachers. They would come up here and give a testimony. They said, man, we prayed for $50,000. And lo and behold, a couple of months after, we got a check of $50,000. So that's awesome. Wow. And then some, some pastor came up and said, we prayed for $10,000. $12,000 check came out. I said, wow, that's awesome. Let me try this. And I prayed. I said, I'll try it for $2,000. I prayed for $2,000. A couple of weeks, weeks after, I had an invoice, a debt of $3,000. I said, man, it didn't work. It didn't work. But you know what? We started praying and praying and praying. And then, lo and behold, we were able to raise almost $1 million dollars. We built that building without the help of the bank. As a matter of fact, that building cost us $1.3 million back in 2009. That was the worst economy that ever happened in this country. I said, Lord, I don't deserve this. You know, I'm just an immigrant here. I'm a Filipino, born in the Philippines, grew up in the Philippines, surrendered my life. My dad served in the U.S. Army, so that's the reason why we got here back in 1992. I said, Lord, we don't deserve this, but God has been so good to us. Amen? Serve, the devil said, but only for a season. Don't stay long. Don't go far away. Missionaries, those of you called to the mission field, it's an awesome thing to go to the mission field. I've had the privilege to travel in different mission fields. I was, in, I was supposed to be right now, I was supposed to be in Asia. Every year I take out a couple of mission trips. I've been to the Middle East, been to Dubai, been to, uh, to uh, um, Bahrain, preach over there, been to Oman, preach over there. It's an awesome thing. And by the way, it always doesn't start awesome. There's always a... a you, Bathing in prayer and faith and love and loving people. That's what missionaries and pastors are all about. And preaching the word of God and going out and win souls for Christ. A few summers ago, we went out soul winning. My partner was a missionary, uh, my, our missionary, Brother Archie. And went out soul winning, knocked on doors. And, and I, was supposed to hit, I was supposed to hit another door. And he said, Pastor, why don't you get that door? I'll get the other one. I said, okay, I'll get this door. Knocked on the door, and there was this dog came out after I knocked on the door. Gave the gospel, talked to him about the Lord. Didn't get saved. By the time I left, right after I stepped out of the property, this dog smacked the back of my knee. I said, oh, my gosh. I was wearing a... Th- a, 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 a my, 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 uh, my pants was punctured by this Rottweiler, a mixture of Rottweiler and uh, poodle. It got more of the poodle breed than the Rottweiler. <laughs> I was supposed to go to the Middle East, and my doctor told me, that's a bad, after a couple of days, it got really nasty. I wish I had a picture he said, you're going to the Middle East? How long? I said, about um, three weeks. He said, no, go get a shot. I said, what? Get a rabies shot. I said, I'm not going to do that. 
I mean, that's bad. You don't want it to happen when you're in the Middle East. So I went to the Torrance Memorial, and then the doctor, the, the ER doctor was even telling me, there's no more rabies here. We eradicated rabies. So he gave me a paper, and uh, we only, you know, give shots, rabies shots for the dog bites like bats and raccoon and all that, but not dog, domesticated animals, not dog. And then, you know, call my doctor. So he called the doctor and said, Doc, you know, you know the protocol. We don't do that anymore. And he said, well, that, my patient is going to the Middle East. And look at the, look at the, the puncture. It's bad. It's bad. Got infected. And so he gave me a shot. I said, you really want a shot? I said, yeah. Okay. So... Here he comes. I didn't realize, Dr. Guess, that rabies shot has 12 syringes, different sizes. I said, which one, which one is mine? And the nurse said, all of this. I said, are you kidding me? I mean, there's one big like this. There's even one like this carrying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And those 12 syringes, different sizes, put it in my body. Well, you wanted it. It was painful. Some are painful, some are not. I said, wow. You know, soul winning sometimes may, may, may be painful. But there's always a reward, amen? And the devil will tell you, don't go there. It's so hot, especially Lancaster in summer. Man, it's so hot to go out win souls for Christ. This pandemic... There's always a way. Thank God, a couple of Sundays ago, went back soul winning. We had more than 50 people showed up after many months. We're in the heart of Los Angeles, and so it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of cops there. And, you know, the key there, I told our soul winning director, why don't you look at uh, the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses? Go around. If, if you see Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on doors, that means it's okay now. Let's go out. <laughs> and by the way, it's sad. Jehovah's Witnesses are more enthusiastic than us Baptists. Stay, serve rather, but only for a season. I'll go however hurry up this time. The third principle here, notice in chapter 10, chapter 10, verse 7. And Pharaoh's servant said unto him, How long shall this man be snaring to us? Let them go, and they may serve the Lord. And Moses and Aaron went, uh, were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? So, the devil again, Pharaoh again, was asking, who are they that shall go? And he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you, as I will, be, as I will let you go. He said, hey, Moses, I'm going to let you go. And your little ones, he said, look to it, for evil is before you. He said, what? He warned Moses. He said, you can go. You can go. But be careful with your little ones. I would rather have you stay your little ones here because there will be evil out there. It's warning. He's giving some, some, some warning to, to Moses and said, hey, why did you just, you serve? Forget about your children. Let your children stay, you know. Let them, let them, you know, we'll take care of them. You don't have to bring them. There's so much danger out there. Just go by yourself. Or maybe your spouse, but not your children. What do we see here? Here's the third compromise deal. He said, serve, but not with your sons. Not with your family. Just you. Just go. 
Forget about your spouse. Forget about your family. Forget about your children. Anyway, you're the only ones that scold. Hey, can I remind you, bastards, you're not the only one. If you're called, that means your wife is also called. If you're called, that means your family is also called. Be careful. Be careful. Don't serve by yourself. By the way, your number one ministry, can I remind you that ministry is not about the building. Ministry is not about, you know, all the activities that you have. Ministry is about people. It's about people. To see them come to the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, personal Savior. It's about people. And your number one ministry is your family. Remember that. Be careful. Watch your family. Love your children. Amen. Spend time with them. And Pharaoh said, go, Moses, but be careful with your family. He was kind of threatening Moses. Something might happen to your family. Your kids, just let them stay here. Over 21 years, I'll be celebrating 21 years of ministry this May. I've seen missionaries and pastors, their children are not in the right direction. Their ministry might be successful, but their children, their family, not. they're not on the same pace with a pastor. But we need to be careful. And the devil will probably t- tell you, hey, God, just serve, be enthusiastic in the ministry, do this and do that, and you know, just spend a little bit of time with your family and just go there and, and do what you need to do to see the ministry grow. That's why Joshua said in chapter 24, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of which your fathers serve the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in which we dwell. But as for me and my house, my house, we will serve the Lord. Not only you, my house. And lastly, I'll close with this. So here's the compromise deal, which is so subtle. He said, serve, but don't be separated. Secondly, serve, but only for a season, sometime. Thirdly, serve, but not with your sons. And lastly, number four, notice what the Bible says in verse 20, chapter 10, verse 24, 26. And Pharaoh called, called unto Moses and said, Go ye serve the Lord. By the way, the devil knows that you will be serving the Lord. And that's why every time he sees Moses, Go ye serve the Lord. But there's a lot of ways that you can serve the Lord. There's a lot of things that you could still embrace as you serve. And notice what he said in in, in verse uh, 25. And he said, And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may... Oh, go back to 24. He said, Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. So Moses said, That's not possible. I mean, we're going to go there. We have to sacrifice. We can't serve the Lord without sacrifice. Here's the last principle. The devil will tell you, serve the Lord. But you don't need to sacrifice. You don't need to sacrifice. It reminds me of of David. Right after the plague because of his sin. And in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 21, David wanted to get back to God and and, and, and offer uh, sacrifices to God. And he, 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 he went to Arwana 
in, in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 21. And notice what the Bible says. And Aaron said, Where is my Lord the king? Come to his servant. Why is the Lord? And, and David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. In verse 22, and Aaron said to David, Let the Lord the king, my Lord the king, take the offer up it seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen to be burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and other instruments to the oxen, the wood. All these things Aaron said uh, as a king, give unto the king. And Aaron said to the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. He said, Hey, you are the king, you can have this. You can have the threshing floor. You can have, you can have the sacrifice. And notice what the Bible says. Notice the response of, of David. And David said unto Aruana, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. I am not going to offer God. I'm not going to serve God without sacrifice. And so many, so many ministries today, and maybe when you launch out there into the deep and serve the Lord, the devil will tell you, you know what? You can just, you can serve the Lord, but you can serve even without sacrifice, even without sacrifice. These are the subtle negotiations and the subtle approach that the devil wants you to compromise. Number one, serve but don't separate. Next, serve. But don't stay long. Just for some time. For a season. He said, serve. The third one, serve. It's okay for you to serve. I know you need to do that. But don't include your sons. Don't include your families. And lastly, hey, go ahead and serve. But you don't need the sacrifice. And David said, I'm not going to offer to the Lord without me costing anything. It will cost a lot of things. It will cost your time. And sometimes it will cost your ambition. It will cost, you know, your finances. But if you continue to serve, they'll never compromise to the devil. And you will eventually see how the Lord will work in your ministry.